0: Thank you for tuning into the Sports Ethos Nets podcast. This is your host, Cody Mallory. You can find me on Twitter at RealCodyMallory. I am once again delighted to be joined by my fellow co-host, Anthony Dittmar. You can find him on Twitter at Anthony underscore Dittmar. That's with two T's. And Joe Farrow. You can find him on Twitter at SwampDragonsStan. Uh, how's it going, guys?
1: What's good, man? How are you?
0: Good, good. You guys have a good week, Thanksgiving, everything? Yeah, Um, man. It was
2: pretty good, pretty good. Same old, but never get tired of it. Ate a lot of food?
0: Too much. (laughs) (laughs) I go to the gym tomorrow. (laughs) I know, bro. Me too. It was a long week off. I was in upstate New York, so my whole routine has changed this entire week, but um being a Nets fan it's not always easy it's got a lot of ups and downs but one thing is they never lack things to talk about so doing a podcast for them is great because you can record three times a week and you always have something to talk about them
1: yeah, like, always i feel like there's news or drama or something going right. on i guess it comes with having stars in your team but it's always like that
0: star is a big market i mean last year obviously we weren't on this podcast we were doing a different one but last year was crazy This year has been kind of simmered down since the Kyrie news. But um, before we dive into the Celtics and Suns game, I just want to take a quick look around the NBA which with some news that could potentially affect the Mets. Um, So I kind of want to get your guys' thoughts on it. First, let's touch on Goran Dragic. Um, He is currently... It was announced today by Shams that he is away from the team indefinitely. The exact quote from the Raptors GM was, Goran is taking some time away from the team with our full support to manage a personal matter. He has been a complete professional in the time he has been with the Raptors. Goran has been a great mentor to our younger players and valued teammate for our veterans. He'll continue to work out and stay in shape during this time. There is no definite timeline for his process, and we will advise updates as appropriate. Goran has the backing of Masai. Uh, obviously, Masai Uzzurri, Nick, and the entire organization. And we wish him nothing but the best. So first, I want to say I hope nothing is wrong with Goran Dragic. Um, anything with his family or whatever, if there is, we wish him the best. But that sounds like a statement to me for a player who will not be returning back to the Raptors. Um, he's been a lot of coaches' DMPs. He hasn't been playing much even when he's been going into the game. Um, at this point in his career as a veteran, I think he's going to probably get bought out. What do you guys think
1: on that? Uh, I think he's definitely get bought out, like you said. I'm not sure if he's like a trade type of piece because like, in these kind of situations, you're just straight up not playing a guy. They are not; they don't really have much value to like, like warrant a trade. So it's kind of like the Raptors' timeline. They're definitely trying to be young, kind of like not their timeline. He's in his upper 30s. He's been with the Heat a lot in his career in the Suns. I think in terms of like if you're asking from like a Nets perspective, I think this makes sense in a world where Kyrie Irving doesn't come back because you could definitely need some more scoring off the bench I guess you could it, it works either way but definitely if Kyrie's going back so you need scoring off the bench right now Not a lot of guys are offensive-minded players in this team right now which sounds kind of weird to say but other than like the, the stars and yeah. like Patty and the I think Goron could definitely be an upgrade from um, the Jevon Carter minutes for sure <laughs>
0: We, we don't say those two words on this <laughs> podcast. We addressed that last week.
2: I you, just, you just had to toss that name in there.
1: Huh? <laughs> but, you know the sun fans—they treat him like a god. they uh, there were comments yeah. "Like bring him back, <laughs> yeah, I please, that. That please bring him back, yeah, please take." Him I'll away, drive him to Phoenix. My, my <laughs> room is going to Phoenix in two weeks. I'll—I'll tell—I'll tell t- him to go take a flight with him.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, I think. I mean, when we had Keith. On a couple episodes ago, we had talked about potential buyout candidates, and Goran Dragic was the first name that came to my mind. Just because, like we said, Kyrie, we don't his situation's up in the air. Um, and Gor- Goran is a guy who could definitely fit very well in our offense. And you were right that that statement doesn't really sound too promising, as if he would be coming back to the team. And Anthony, how you were saying with his contract, he's making eighteen million dollars still. Like, nobody's going to make – be able to match $18 million with equal value to Goran Drogic without overpaying. So he's definitely a buyout candidate, and I would, if, he, if that does happen, I'd, I'd love to see him here.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree with what you guys said. Um, going back to what Anthony said about the no Kyrie, I think you get him regardless. We saw what happened last year when Kevin Durant was pretty much by himself. Obviously, you don't want to have players injured – Um, We don't want that to happen again, but I think having the insurance policy of a veteran point guard who sure is not the same player he once was, but he could still score as needed. He's a pretty solid shooter. Um, I mean, they would have to tell him, like, if Kyrie comes back, your role is obviously diminished and he would have to be okay with that because you don't want any drama in the locker room. But I think at this point of his career, he's probably just fine going to a contender and seeing what happens.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I don't I don't really think he's going to have, like, too big of an ego if he ends up coming here because, I mean, he's getting DNPs anyway. I mean, anything right. where he can contribute on a winning team is an upgrade from what he's doing right now.
1: I saw stuff about him linked to Dallas, too. I don't know why there was, like, a link there because maybe the Luka and KP uh, connection between, like, European hoops. But I did yeah, see not- that, but obviously it's not the same kind of, like, win now situation to be in Brooklyn. I don't know if he'd, like, look for some hybrid type of spot, like, there where it's, like, they're good but they're also, like, he has, like, promised playing time because they're obviously not as, like, good as the Nets, so he'd probably have more of a role. So I'm just curious to see, like, like what what he really wants because if he wants a bigger role, I could see him doing a move like that, too, if we're being completely honest.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it's definitely a situation to monitor. Like I said, obviously not right now, but down the line, he could definitely benefit the Nets if he wants to get bought out. Um, Another name is John Wall. Yuck. So he basically leaked to the media that he didn't want to sit out. It wasn't his choice. And then he told the Rockets that he desired to play and start games with a, like a maintain, like a big role on the team. And the Rockets told Wall they want him to come off the bench. So he responded with that he will continue to sit games. So this is a completely different situation than Goran Um Wall is still owed a bunch of money and no team is going to trade for
2: him. I believe it's four, It's 40 plus million too per year. Two more years too.
1: Like right. so I,
0: obviously, I mean, I think he could still be a piece that could definitely help a team, but no team is going to be able to unload enough salary to trade for that. So it's going to have to be – he's going to have to try to make it ugly as best he can yeah. if he wants to get out of there, kind of like James Harden did, but as opposed to getting traded, getting bought out.
2: Yeah, and I mean, when you look at it, it's, it is similar to the Blake Griffin situation in a way where it's you're owed a boatload of money. And it's not that, it's not the same way, technically, because Blake, they really felt like he couldn't contribute anymore in Detroit, especially for their timeline. And John Wall kind of is the same way. But John Wall, I believe, his last, the last time he played, he still averaged 19 points and like six assists. So he, John Wall could still contribute. It's just he is not a $40 million player right now. And, and overall, it's just like, he can't start over there. Their main priority is Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green, and they're both guards. So he's not, he, in no world should he be starting over there in that timeline that they have going on. So it's just, it's, he's definitely going to end up being bought out and it's going to suck with the cap situation for the Rockets when they do have to pull the trigger on that because it, it, it really is just unfortunate. They're going to just be paying out paying out money to John Wall with him not being on the team and not being the player that they thought they were going to get. So he, he, he will definitely be bought out, and that's a
0: situation of moderate for sure. I definitely wouldn't mind John Wall here at all.
1: Laughs and yeah, Williams. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just to quickly go on what Joe said last year in the 2020-2021 season, for the Rockets in 40 games, he averaged 20.6 points per game and 6.9 assists per game. So, so he's, he's still you – and know, that was over a steal and close to a block a game. So he still could be a competitive player and definitely help a competing team.
2: Uh, so if he
0: gets bought out
2: – He's uh, averaging – he averaged James Harden stats from this
1: year. Uh,
0: <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow.
1: Ah, it is the so same, it's the same It's the same numbers.
0: It's the same numbers. He's even um, shooting forty percent from the field last year, and that's what Harden shooting this year. So they're pretty damn close. The only difference yeah. is Wall Wall isn't averaging the five turnovers that Harden is. But we'll get to Harden <laughs> later.
1: Wow, wow, wow! <laughs> toxic. Personally, I don't, I don't know. I don't think Wall's like I think I've heard definitely for Goron Dragic over Wall in terms of like just the shooting ability because John Wall definitely has his like struggles there, but. Yeah. I just I see him going to like a team like the Clippers or somewhere else where he can contribute a little more with Kawhi. I could see him going to like the Clippers or going to like Miami Heat, even though like that's kind of like a backup situation. I don't know if the Nets would have interest, but it'd be I, I wouldn't like be so pissed if they signed him, Obviously, because anything's an upgrade of you know who, but yeah.
2: <laughs> of he who shall not be named. Yeah, I, I
1: picked up the memo this time not to say it.
2: <laughs> there you go.
1: Yeah, he's definitely – it reminds me of – what's his name? Kevin Love's situation because Kevin Love didn't want to give him any money. And so he's, right. like, he's like, I'll play here. John Wall said the same thing. He's like, I'm not giving up any money because and he knows damn well he's not getting any contract like that ever again.
0: So, I don't know. Yeah,
1: right. That's My the thing like was, what's stopping like – the, the, I think that's what's stopping here, Like what's in the middle, like the middle grounds here, why he's not getting bought out.
0: Right. My thing with Wall compared to Dragic is obviously Wall's more athletic, and I feel he's a better defender, which could benefit the Nets – um, but obviously, I feel like Drogic is a better offensive fit for the Mets because he can shoot the ball, kind of play off the ball more. Where Wall kind of needs the balls in his hands a good amount to make an impact. Agreed. And then, yeah, I mean, I mean, John Wall
2: statistically is one of the best shot blocking guards of all time. Right. So I mean, he he's a very he still definitely can be a plus defender. And I mean, he who shall not be named was here to be that plus defender, and he is not doing that. So. Plus, his offensive production would obviously be way better. Any shot selection is better than what he has. So, that would be great.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and then finally, this one's not as much, but DeMarcus Cousins signed with the Bucks today on a one year, uh, non guaranteed deal.
1: Cancel the season, so, bro. <laughs> the
0: only reason I brought it up, obviously, the Bucks are one of the top teams in the East. And anytime they add a player, no matter who it is, it's kind of important, but I mean, Demarcus Cousins is about 25 years past his prime at this
2: point, so I don't think you really <laughs> have to worry about
1: him. <laughs> <laughs> I to honest, yeah, really,
2: honestly, yeah. I mean, I don't see him playing a big role there. I mean, they, I mean, I think maybe it's because right now they don't know how long Brooke Lopez is going to be out, right? But uh, and uh, honestly, I haven't kept up too much with the Bucks, so I don't know if he's back already, but I know he was out for a little bit, but that kind of replaces that floor spacing five role if Brooke is out for an extended period of time for them, along with Bobby Portis playing that five spots. So uh, it makes sense, but more towards later in the year, I could even see him getting cut again or or uh, just not really playing much at all.
1: Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I think it's more of just a situation where he's going to play like a reserve role, if any, and like just fill in stock gaps and maybe get released before the playoffs even start.
0: Yeah, yeah I agree. Um, all right, you guys want to jump into the Celtics game?
1: That's the one I like. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's so, the one I do. When we talked last, I believe it was on Tuesday night. Pocket, I, asked, I asked you guys what do you want to see out of the Nets the rest of this week. And Joe simply said win. So yep. Joe got his wish. The Nets simply won against Boston. They I got half my wish. Well, we'll get to the other half after. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so – well, yeah, Wednesday night against Boston in Boston, was expecting a very uh, hostile environment, a competitive game. The Celtics had won seven out of their last 10. They got Jalen Brown back. Jason Tatum was balling. And the Nets came into Boston and simply ran them out of gym before Boston made a little push. And then the Nets ultimately put them away. Um, in that game, LaMarcus Aldridge got his first start at center. He was 4 to start the game in the first quarter, and I was like, oh, great. The Nets are cursed at the center position. Marcus Aldridge was shooting like 60%. He starts, and now he can't make a shot. He ended up finishing 7-13, of 13, had a good game. Pretty much all around, everyone had a good game. Patty Mills was 7-10 of 10 from three, which is incredible. He was absolutely on fire. Um, I know everyone saw the Olympics and the quote from, I think it was Doka or whatever, I don't want to say it, the Celtics head coach. Um, but yeah, what do you guys want
1: to talk about for the next Celtics game? Um, what's it called? I think the overall is a great stream, like like you said. It was one of Harden's like, few good games this year. It pains me to say it, but he actually shot like decent from the... It was 4 of 13, but he, he looked... The eye test showed he was like pretty aggressive in that game. He was 4 of 9 from 3. Um, It was the first game they started Aldridge over Griffin. And Griffin's kind of like... Uh, this is like the star of Griffin's as rotation. I think they said they were going to give him a few weeks off to kind of like get himself like right, because obviously he's we mentioned he's been struggling. Um, I like the offensive, like, th- that Aldridge brings to the starting lineup. And, like, the Nets have been really good defensively this year. Personally, from a team-wise like I, I liked having Aldridge off the bench for defensive purposes and spread out the offense. So I thought that was one of my main takeaways. Like I don't, you can close them all you want, but just for the majority of the minutes, I feel like it's just they need to stagger it better. And I felt like Blake was kind of doing that, but Blake shot is what so poor leaves himself out of the lineup. I was thinking like maybe put Millsap there, but he's kind of looked like a little like he hasn't have his legs under him either. He's obviously been away from the team and stuff, but overall. Like KD's kind of like slowed down as, like scorching start from the season. Like he only had twenty one this game. He's been like obviously still KD, but not like that same ridiculous MVP start the last like I say week or so. But overall, the team looks really good. I really like Embry, what he's brought to this team too. He's definitely stood out to me. Like just doing the little things, playing great defense, and kind of shooting better. Where he's like at least serves to be on the floor overall.
2: Yeah, I mean uh, the Celtics game was a great game for Patty Mills. He, uh, he was on fire. He went seven of ten from three. He absolutely ridiculous. He finished with twenty three points, but he 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 played very well. Uh, like the majority of the team played very well. Even uh, Cam Thomas, he built off his good game, uh, his breakout game, and then went up for uh, thirteen points. And he actually played twenty five minutes. He he had the most uh, minutes of all our bench guys. So. That was a nice, nice thing to see. And like you said, Bembry filling that Bruce Brown role while he was out in the lineup and he he provided great defense. He had three steals that night and he, he almost had a double double. He had nine and ten Bembry. So he I, I thought it was a really good team win in Boston on Wednesday, but failed to build off that. So
0: So, yeah, my biggest thing was, so so with the Boston game, the Nets turned the ball over only 10 times and let's jump into the sun's game where that was absolutely not the case. The Nets turned the ball over double the amount 10 times. They came out slow. They were sloppy. They were lethargic. They had no energy. And you can't do that against a Sun team that had won 15 games in a row coming into the game. Um, I thought in the beginning when the game got away from them, Steve Nash didn't call a timeout. It had to get down to a media timeout, which I did not like. Um, James Harden was obviously very, very poor that game. He had seven turnovers, shot four or 15. Everyone's saying, oh, he had a triple-double. I don't care. It was a Russell Westbrook triple-double. <laughs> it meant nothing. It meant I was going to say nothing. that. Yeah, KD took 28 shots, made 13 of them. He was KD. He got 39 points. He played 45 minutes, did not sit at all in the second half. So, like, obviously you don't want to see that from KD in a November basketball game. But Steve Nash was trying to win the game, which you got to respect. They came back a little bit in the fourth quarter, but it was just too little, too late. And they ended up falling 113 to 107. And The Suns got their 16th win in a row.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, um, that game was like, for the most part, ugly. They ended the first half really well. They had like a 15-0 run, but kind of ruined it by giving up a 5 nothing CB3 run. Obviously, they were due to give up a shot or something, but I like to end the half a little better than that. So it, it got it down to 10, which was like def- definitely doable but they play themselves right back into, like, Phoenix's uh, defensive trapping. The Suns, like, capitalize on every little mistake you make. Like, if your pass is, like, slightly poor, like, they'll, it's a turnover at two points. Like, Mikael Bridges is athletic, is athletic freak. Chris Paul finds every hole in the defense. Devin Booker was hitting all the shots. He had, like, 16 in the first quarter. Um, the what stuck out to me was, again, was Aldridge looked – I think there was like five straight possessions where Aldridge kept getting switched on to Booker. And that was the exact reason why he wasn't in the starting lineup, like initially to start this year. And he kind of was getting exposed in that regards. And it's definitely a liability in terms of how slow he is. And he can't keep up with the guards or something Blake kind of like did well with. Um, Kd definitely had a great game. He had to play the last thirty three minutes. You don't want to see what he did against the Bucks, like in the playoffs, <laughs> like, that kind of minutes. Like, you definitely don't want that in November. We still got like six months, seven months, hopefully to go. And Harden's struggles are starting to concern me a little more. The first few weeks, I understood calf injury. I mean, not the calf, the hamstring injury like the new rule change obviously that affects his game but just like his overall aggression like no driving to the rim it's like settling for that fadeaway three like kind of trying to get a foul but also like he's not he would i know every people thought he was a great three-point shooter like but like it was because of the high volume like he's not like steph curry level like yeah he can make open three-pointers but He's not that lethal shooter where, like, he can't – he needs to get to the rim, be more aggressive, be more assertive. Because with no Kyrie Irving, this team needs James Harden to be a top-five player like he was last year. Because currently constructed well, – with this is my biggest takeaway – the Nets aren't good enough to compete with the league's best. They lost to Chicago. They have lost to Golden State. They lost to Phoenix. They have lost all their big games. Like, last year, that was the exact opposite where they were winning those games. And obviously, that like, Harden's taking a step back. But this definitely – it's starting to concern me now. We're a month into the season. Like Harden needs to get his stuff together. To be quite honest, because I know a lot of people are defending him. A lot of the Harden stands on Twitter weren't actually Nets fans. They <laughs> it just it just seems like like you need to be critical of your players. You need to be critical, and it really pissed me off how bad he's been playing. Because he needs to like he's the best, he's the top five player in the world before we got him. So let's start seeing that. You know.
2: Yeah, I mean, like like we were saying about the turnovers and in. in this game compared to the Boston game. Then it's finished with 20 turnovers. And Anthony, you brought up Mikhail Bridges. He himself had seven steals. Jesus. Like, absolutely ridiculous. Helped me out big time fantasy-wise, but, you know, <laughs> I, I, didn't, I, I didn't like to see that against my Nets. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, it, it is concerning now about how we're playing against these great teams. Guys, yeah, we should be in the same echelon as these guys. And how we play against them, it doesn't look like we are at all i mean all things considered we are still the number one seed in the east and it's insane to say that considering considering how some of these guys have been playing but they definitely got to turn it up a notch it's it's getting
0: quite frustrating it really is yeah so back to the turnovers the nets lost the game by six and phoenix had 20 points off turnovers oh look at that so i mean that's that's the game right there if you take care of the ball um, Phoenix ended up taking eight more field goals than the Nets. Um, Some of those hard passes
1: just look lazy, too. Like, I'm sorry, right. they just look a little lazy.
0: I agree. Yeah. Um, the, Nets, the Nets only took 23 threes. I think they're averaging close to 43 a game. So that's just showing that they're not getting as many shots up. They shot 50% from the field, and they lost the game.
2: Yeah, I mean, and you guys know, I, I like to be a little, a little blunt when I say certain things. So just <laughs> like midway, midway through the second quarter, I had tweeted, I had tagged the Nets and I said, Hey, you're not supposed to give the ball to the other team. And they didn't listen. And uh, <laughs> they, they, they ended up losing because of all those turnovers. So maybe they should like listen to us and maybe they'll fare, they'll fare a little better. That, that's
0: not a bad idea. They got to listen to this uh, sports ethos. That <laughs> spot. Exactly. Exactly. <Spot. laughs> Before we jump more into players, let's just do a quick rundown of the standings. Obviously, I think it was Joe who just said the Nets are still in first in the East, which is pretty yeah, shocking. Yeah, got a full game lead still. Surprisingly. Yeah, full game lead over Miami and Washington. And I mean, if you look at the standings, two through seven is decided within two games. So obviously right. we're still early in the season, but there is a huge cluster of teams that are. Right around 500, a couple of games above 500, and then the
1: Mets are eight games above 500. East is very good this year. Like, I know, like, a lot of those records are, like, close, but it's because everyone's playing each other competitively. Like, I'm keep it completely honest. Before the Cavaliers had a lot of injuries, because now I'm kind of taking out of that tier. Like, the, the Cavs, Magic, and Pistons are really the only teams in the East where, like, they have no chance of making at least a play. And I think everyone else is, like, in a competitive level where, like, they have a legit, like, threat to make the playoffs, if we're being completely honest.
0: I agree. Blue, I agree.
1: Insane. Um, He's a laughing so laughingstock.
0: We uh, touched about James Harden a little bit, but I want to go in-depth on James Harden. It is the biggest discussion right now in Mets land, I guess. That's Twitter, wherever you talk about the Mets. Read about the Mets. world. World, sure. Whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I think it's <laughs> past the Kyrie Irving thing, just – how concerned is I land James Harden? Before you guys answer your level of concern, I just want to give a couple stats that I have. Um, first, he said in the press conference yester- yeah, yesterday that deciding between scoring and playmaking has been a struggle for him, and he's not sure which to do what at what time, which coming from a veteran who's been in the league, dominated the league, obviously you don't want to hear that coming from him. Um, his getting to the rim percentile, I saw a stat that had like his getting to the rim, his finishing at the rim, his overall finishing. So his getting to the rim percentile is eighty-two percent. It's been between ninety-seven and ninety-seven or ninety-seven and ninety-nine percent since two thousand and fourteen. His finishing at the rim percentile was is forty-five percent. I didn't say that wrong. Forty-five percent. It was oh. above ninety-three percent the last two years, and his overall finishing talent percentile is 70 percent, and he's been above 98 percent the last five years Jeez. so some of the some of the finishing i attribute to he's getting fouled and they're not calling it they change rules whatever you want to call it he's only attempting 6.8 free throws a game which was the lowest in his career since 2011 obviously if he was driving and getting fouled and he missed it didn't count towards that so i think that's a big reason why um, he's shooting 40% from the field with five turnovers a game. Um, I mean, my biggest concern with him is he looks slow to me. And that is shown by the getting to the red percentile. He doesn't seem to, he was never the fastest, most athletic or explosive guy, but he was shifty. He had amazing ball handling where he could get by someone because they had to respect that step back three so much. And he, he had Aiton on a switch against the Suns and he couldn't get by um, Getting older, coming off that hamstring injury, I mean, that's my biggest concern with James Harden. The turnovers, well, obviously you don't want to turn the ball over five times a game. You could live with it in the Houston days when he was scoring 600 points a game with 12 assists, shooting 40% from three, putting up crazy MVP numbers. When he had the ball that much, you're obviously going to turn the ball over. But when he's not doing that on the Nets, you don't want to see him turn the ball over. I'm not gonna lie. My concern level with James Harden is pretty, pretty high. I'm okay, not a so, James Harden fan by any means, but I am quite concerned with James Harden. Joey, you okay. could talk. Seems like you had something to say.
2: <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to say we'll all go through and we'll go through one to scale of one to ten. What's your level of concern? So, Cody, since you had your spiel, what
0: what's out of one to ten? I'm like at a seven right now. I'm gonna be honest. It's pretty. It's it's getting concerning for me. It's it's remind. I don't want to say it, but it's reminding me of Darren Williams. I don't want to say oh. it, but I have to. Oh. <laughs> okay.
1: That hurt. That hurt. That, that, right. that you unlocked pain that's been put, stored away for years. <laughs> I didn't
0: want to say it, but that's just that's all I can think of when I watch him play. Is he looks slow. He can't get by anyone. He looks out of shape. He can't make jump shots anymore. And he's turning the ball over. Who do I think of? Darren Williams. So I just gotta say it.
2: All right. All right, Anthony, you go ahead and give – what's your level 1 to 10 and then give your reasoning.
1: Okay, so this has – this scares me. Okay, i actually I'll give you a number first. Maybe an 8. <laughs> and short-term-wise, it scares me because, like, obviously I want to win the championship this year. Long-term-wise now, if you look at it, you're – if you, you obviously have to pay him if he wants to stay, which he says he does. And if you don't have a Kyrie Irving and now you have a James Harden that's like this, does that make Katie think about stuff? Like, I know he's on the extension, but you know that today's NBA. So that does concern me in that level. Like, I think it all take care of itself in terms of both the situations. I'm hoping that's not the case of Harden, but it's definitely concerning because it's been a month now and they definitely need him to step up because the Kyrie Irving situation is so unclear. And he, the Nets obviously need Harden to be James Harden to get where they want to be. So it's definitely the, the, the way he looks out there. Just the eye test does not look the same. It's definitely a problem. 100%. It's like it's it's like getting to very concerning levels. I'm hoping there's just like like a crazy stretch where he just like makes us forget about this is what I'm hoping.
2: Yeah, so I mean exactly what you just said makes me only give this situation like a 4. I I'm not I am concerned. Don't get me wrong. I am concerned because what he's been doing has been a travesty to the James Harden that we all thought we had. Um but When you watch James Harden's games, it's like he'll have one game where he looks like he's back, and then he'll have one game. The next game, he'll have, like, nine turnovers and shoot four for 15. And it's just like – and it's like that's the reality of the James Harden that we're watching right now. But it's like those games where he does look like himself, it's like those give me a lot of hope right now. Because the thing is, he – He's slowly starting to realize what these refs are going to call. And that's, that's really what's been determining his play. It's like, and his turnovers are up because they knew if they reach at any point on James Harden, he is so shifty the past few years that they were going to get a reach in call. Now these guys have no issue just throwing their hands all over James Harden and it leads to them poking the ball away. And it's just like, Regardless of the calls at the rim, it's that's where all the turnovers are from. It's like there's they have no fear whatsoever going and trying to pick James Harden's pocket because of the new changes at the rim. It's a different story. There, the refs themselves are still trying to figure out what's a foul and what's not a, and what's not a foul. And that's that's the thing. Once everything is once everybody's on the same page, like halfway through the season, it's going to be, I think James Harden's going to be able to figure himself out and get back to the caliber that he was. And that's that's why I'm only at like a four right now. If this keeps up towards halfway through the season, I'll probably shoot up to where you guys are at about like a seven or eight. But for right now, I'm not. I'm still not that concerned.
0: Yeah, I mean, I hope you're right. I, I want to say I know I just kind of bashed James Harden pretty bad. I just compared him to
1: <laughs>
0: Be Will. The that might be a more forbidden name than the other name we're not allowed that's to the say.
1: The forbidden name of the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> <laughs>
2: While we're while we're on the topic,
0: we think D will is knocking out Frank Gore now.
1: Uh, I have no clue. I'm, gonna, at
0: this. I'm <laughs> gonna say yes, but I'm giving no explanation why. I'm just gonna say yes. I hope he loses <laughs>
1: just for us. That spins.
0: Yeah, just, uh, just, just
2: just so we can claim Nets legend on and off the court. We could uh,
1: we're gonna say yes on that one. would be more productive, <laughs> he gave us the last few years of his contract.
0: Yeah, oh, true. yeah. Um, so back to Harden. Like I said, I was just pretty tough on him. I hope I'm wrong. Obviously, I'm a Nets fan before any player. Honestly, I would say out of all the Nets players, I was most connected to Kyrie Irving, which we don't have to go down that road. But I want the Nets to succeed more than I want a player to succeed. In order for the Nets to succeed, especially without Kyrie Irving, they need MVP level or close to MVP level James Harden. I think he'll shoot from three better. He'll finish around the rim better. He'll get back to the free throw line. He's going to figure it out. My biggest concern is he just looks slow to me. The eye test just says he does not have that first step anymore. Now, I know in years past, i played fantasy basketball. I always try to trade trade for James Harden early into the season because he always starts slow, whether he's coming in out of shape or he's partying, whatever the nonsense that everyone says on Twitter. I don't know why, but even with Houston – he would always come out slow in the beginning of the season, and then he just goes on a stretch where he scores like 50 points in 17 games in a row and everyone forgot about it. Do I think that's going to happen? No, because that's not the role in the Mets. But I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. It's just I hope he figures it out. hope he figures out the rule change and somehow finds that explosive again and just is more decisive and gets downhill going to the basket more. He looks hesitant to me. Yeah, we shall pray. That's all we can really say. We <laughs> shall
2: pray. One month
1: from today, we're going to talk about how James Harden's an MVP stretch, and how Kyrie Irving's re-Jordan the Nets. One month from today, right after Christmas, it's my Christmas wish.
2: All right, somebody, 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 write that down.
1: Yep. I'm, in, <laughs> I'm good We're getting some good energy out here because it's been a lot of negative energy. It has a lot of negative energy so far. All right, guys,
0: I think we talked enough about James Harden. We all agreed that hopefully. Brighter days are near. I think Anthony gave the timeline of a month. So we'll see. But now I want to dive into DeAndre Bembry and Bruce Brown. So Bruce Brown was hurt. Bembry was inserted into the starting lineup and has played amazing. Um, I tweeted out during the game that Bembry is a better mousetrap compared to Bruce Brown. And my reasoning on that, Well, they have very... Similar games, play styles. Benbury's an inch taller with an inch longer wingspan and is about 10 pounds heavier. I think they are similar to cutting off the ball and off-ball movement. They are similar with defensive prowess. They were both actually rated as top 10 best wing stoppers in the NBA so far this season. I just feel like Benbury is a better rebounder slightly due to his bigger size and that is just an area that the Nets definitely need help in is rebounding what do you guys take on the Bembry slash Bruce Brown debate because they're going to be competing for the same minutes they're pretty much the same type of player
1: uh yeah I think to the eye test Bembry looks a little better in terms of like overall finishing ability at the rim I know Brown has the great floater game but he kind of struggles in uncontested shots where it's like against a defender where I've noticed Bembry's kind of been good at like finishing when defenders are in his vicinity. And like you said, Beverly kind of gets like, has those longer arms where he can like influence steals a little more. Like there's a couple games games, plays yesterday against Phoenix where he was just like, his, his length purely got him a, a nice play. So I just think, Right now, since Bruce is out for a bit, Burberry kind of had, like, his showcase, and I don't think he's going to lose his role while they ease Bruce back in. But, like, if he has an extended stretch where he struggles, you could, you maybe see Nash make that adjustment. But I think, like you said, they're definitely compete for the same minutes. I don't think it means one's going to be out of the rotation. One is in the rotation because you could kind of have, like, two different units of, like, that same type of player. But right now, I think you have to ride with the hot hand and go with Bembridge because of, like, the way he's played and the way of next played with him in the lineup personally, nothing against Bruce. Cause he's great too, but obviously lock and can change in a season, but that's how I'd see it.
2: Yeah. Bembry. I feel like is a lot more aggressive. Like he, he's not shy to pull up for a jumper if he's wide open, but he's also not afraid to go and attack the rim if he catches the ball wide open. So he, he definitely has the feeling of keeping the defense guessing more than Bruce. Cause you know, Bruce, if he's, if he's wide open in the corner, he'll shoot it. And, yes, like you said, he struggles there. But uh, Bembry, I feel like, adds more offensively rather than just Bruce's floater that has, like, a 95-shot percentage because um, <laughs> he does not miss that shot. But it's like Bembry has been playing very well. And, like you said, I don't think he's going to lose his role, especially since uh, Kwame got a DNP coach's decision. So I feel like, I mean, I don't know. I feel like Blake ends up back in the rotation. But Benbury seems to have solidified a role for himself, at least for now.
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree with what you guys said. I think kind of what Anthony said, you just ride the hot hand, kind of whoever's playing better at the time. But Benbury just looks more aggressive to me. There was one defensive sequence in the fourth quarter against the Suns I, wa- I can't remember if he was on Chris Paul or Devin Booker. He was on one of them. And there was about like a minute and a half, two minutes left in the game. And they kept setting ball screens for him on Bembry. And Bembry just kept fighting through the screens, getting around the screens through him. He wasn't going under to allow the jump shot. They didn't switch it. And it resulted in a shot clock violation. So that play really sticks in my mind. They passed it to the corner. It was late. It was shot clock violation um, of just – he's just a bigger body and he has all the similar traits that Bruce Brown has just bigger.
1: It'd be interesting to see down the stretch what Nash does. Cause when you start getting some of these bodies back, like Joe, I'm not sure if Claxton's in a big role, but like, and obviously if a Kyrie come back, there's going to be limited minutes or some of these guys, like, I think obviously like, like, we also came back in the rotation. I think there's obvious answers. Like, you may see less James Johnson minutes, less those for Rush Not Be named minutes, maybe less Kwame minutes. <laughs> um But I just think it's going to be interesting. I guess you're going to find the best lineups. So I hope we're going to have extended stretches where we can kind of, like, experiment. So, like, come playoffs, uh like, we can, like, kind of have a set, like, rotation, like, ideas for, like, when we play certain teams and like what we want to roll with. Um, it's definitely not a finished product like we said. I think that's a uh, post buyout, post trade deadline, post Kyrie, post James finding himself type of thing. I know i there, but like it's one of those things. I'm interested to see, though, because I like Bembry, honestly. He's been a pleasant surprise. I didn't think much of the signing when they got him, but it's definitely been like better than I thought.
2: Yeah, I've always been pretty big on DeAndre Bembry, uh, uh, honestly. It's just like I've always watched him play wherever he's been. That guy's been all over but Whenever he's in, he's like, he was that guy with the energy, like kind of like, I'm trying to think who else was really like the spark plug guy. And I mean, I guess you could even say Bruce, how he was last year. And like, I saw that role that Bruce played last year as him on another team. And it's like, it's like every time I watched him, I felt like he was making a defensive play and then getting out on a fast break and throwing down an insane dunk. And it's just, like, he, he was a guy that I always really liked, and I'm happy that he carved out a
0: role because it's definitely
2: providing some plus minutes for us right now.
0: I agree. Sure. Um, so let's go into our ideal rotations, kind of continue the Ben slash Bruce Brown debate, but go across the entire team. So I don't know how you guys want to do this. You want to name our ideal rotation with Kyrie and without Kyrie. You want to just do without Kyrie. How do you guys want to go about it? I think we'll just exclude Kyrie for now because nothing's it scary. All right. Yeah. yeah. Kyrie comes back. We could dive into what we want
1: with Kyrie. Makes sense.
2: Makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I guess my rotation, I would I would start Patty, Harden, Bembry, KD, and LaMarcus. Then off the bench, I would probably – I would have some Cam – Cam Thomasman is in there. Obviously, Bruce. Obviously, Joe. And then – pick your poison with Blake and Paul Millsap and then clacks if healthy
0: it's Joe making the hot take Joe Harris is no longer a starter for the Brooklyn Nets is that what I'm hearing I mean no
2: not really (laughs) but because like when you like if you think about it like yeah Joe provides the shooting presence but if you have Patty Mills in your starting lineup along with kevin durant and lamarcus Aldridge. you really don't need joe out there with the starters and like he could he could provide plus minutes off the bench so like you have shooting
0: in the lineup at all times no matter where Man. you stagger the minutes here here i thought anthony was the joe harris hater i got two joe harris haters. <laughs> i'm time, not though. hating
2: i'm not hating i love joe i'm just saying <laughs> rotation wise joe doesn't need to start
0: uh, can you just name your starters for me again? I got a little sidetracked. I didn't hear Joe Harris' name it there.
2: I, I said, I said we should start Bembry over Joe with the same Patty Harden,
0: Bembry, KD, LaMarcus. So the lineup they've been rolling with for the most part. Yeah, yeah. Is what you think? is? everyone healthy minus Kyrie is the lineup
2: you want to see going forward. Yes, and then just it's a, it's pick your poison with well it, then with that's putting Clax back in. Obviously to run the backup center and then it's like pick your poison with Blake or Paul at the four. Interesting. And Anthony, keeping want- keeping him in there because it's just like I want
0: more shot creation in there. Anthony, you want to go first?
1: You want me to go first? Uh I can go if you want. Um, I think I'd go, uh, with go. starting lineup. I'm gonna go KD, obviously, James Harden, Bembry, Patty Mills me give you a hot take here, Joe Harris. I'm gonna start. Ooh. I'm st- not starting a five depending on the matchup. I want to play. I'm gonna play some small ball lineup here. I think there's too many downsides to starting LaMarcus and Blake. I think they might be better playing some small ball and kind of experimenting it. And on the bench, six you, obviously the same guys on the bench, like in the rotation. I wouldn't really have Carter in the rotation. I wouldn't have. I guess, between Blake, Millsap, and Claxton. You could give him 20 minutes and say, split this how you would like. And then obviously have Bruce on the bench, Cam on the bench. And, yeah, that's I, I personally like to see it. I want to see how that would work. Maybe it doesn't work long-term, but I kind of like it.
0: So I think that that could be kind of like the next death lineup, kind of how the Warriors had, like, Iguodala in there and Draymond playing the
1: five. Interesting take, yeah. A closing lineup.
0: Yeah, so my my starting lineup it might be it's very different from you guys actually. We got three players the same Harden, Durant, and Benbury. And then Joe Harris. Gotta start Joe Harris, I'm sorry. And I'm gonna to. be honest, I would start Claxton when it's considered um, assuming he's in shape, I would start Claxton just to keep Patty Mills I and Marcus Aldridge together off the bench. With kind of like a Cam Thomas, kind of stagger James Harden, and then I pretty much take Paul Millsap out of the rotation. I don't think he does enough. I think I'd rather play James Johnson over Paul Millsap and Blake Griffin. Hot take? Yes, I know. Oh, I just think James Johnson provides a different kind of game than what the other two bring, and they're
1: old. Paul Millsap hasn't looked in any type of a game. Honestly, like he hasn't done. He hasn't really like excelled at anything. At least Blake with the defense and at least Lamarcus like obviously has been great on offensively and Cox right. has his struggles but he's at least like a big body. Millsap just really looks lost over there.
2: Millsap yeah, I mean, Mike- sorry I think Millsap is just another guy that is like struggling to get his legs under him right now. Like he had he was there to start the season he had to go away for a couple games for a personal matter I believe it was because of his child being born but he came back and he still looks kind of sluggish out there and I mean so he had some plays early in the year I don't even remember if it was early games or preseason where he like actually looked pretty good out there but it I feel like it was it's just like inconsistency with his minutes is probably hurting him a little bit right now yeah, I, I don't know hopefully, hopefully he ends up being a plus player that we thought we were going to get with him
0: and then real quick my closing lineup is Durant, Harden, Patty Mills, Joe Harris, and then at center, depending on the matchup, if it's a team like the Warriors or the Suns who have a dominant guard that's just going to ice the crap out of LaMarcus Aldridge, get him in a pick, get him at the top of the paint or top of the key, I'm playing Claxton because he can defend that better. If it is not a team like that, I'm playing Aldridge. So kind of like Anthony's starting lineup, where it's going small, kind of four guys that can shoot, and then. I'm going with a big still because I just hate – I hate seeing the Mets get killed on offensive rebounds at the end of the game. It's very frustrating to watch. You wouldn't – for even though
2: Blake has had his struggles just defensively, you wouldn't even consider having him part of the death lineup?
0: So my thing is with Blake is if he can't – so obviously Blake, he can't dunk to the level that he used to. He's not even close to that, with that anymore. If he can't make a jump shot, he's pretty much completely useless on offense. At least Claxton can set a pick and roll, and he can finish an alley-oop and dunk, maybe get some offensive rebounds. If Blake cannot knock down a wide-open three-point shot, I think he is such a minus on offense that his defense doesn't cancel it out. That's my thought on Blake. That's fair. Now, if Blake suddenly stops being Kwame Brown and is able to shoot a basketball again, then absolutely I think Blake would be in that lineup, I think Blake would even be a starter if he suddenly can shoot 30-35% from three again, as opposed to 15. Then This is a completely different discussion.
1: Yeah, totally agree. Yes. Yeah.
0: Um, anything else you guys want to talk about with the rotations? I think all pretty, yeah, pretty much good. covered multiple scenarios. I think with Joe Harris back, that's, Twitter's not going to like this, but I think Cam Thomas is going to get frozen out of the minutes he's been getting. I still think he's going to play. I expect him to be closer to like the 10 minute mark as opposed to the 15 to 20. Yeah, I can see that. Unless guys are in and out of the lineup, like say one day you don't have Patty Mills, one day you don't have Harden. But when everyone's healthy, I just think he's farther down in Steve Nash's trust amongst the guards. I think Harden's above him, Joe Harris is above him, Patty Mills is above him, Ben, Bembry, Brown. That's five pretty much guards or wing players right there well, above can Thomas.
2: you also got to think like cam has been getting like well i mean the get the game against boston he played a little bit more minutes because like we rested the starters but he was get cam was still getting like 15 minutes and and he who shall not be named was getting like eight still so That's like true. it's simple if you just bring joe harris's minutes back put him back in his usual role, and then you just take out Carter's minutes and just
1: give him to uh No, oh, you said it.
2: Him. I know <laughs> I just, I wanted to clarify. <laughs> yeah,
1: okay. Yeah, I okay. understand sure what you're saying with that. I think like he definitely doesn't have a guaranteed spot, especially with that. I think Thomas will still see sometime. If, like, if there's a situation where Kyrie does come back, that's when yeah, I think you see Cam Thomas completely out of the rotation.
2: Yes, yes. I mean – that, that is one where I will be fully accepting of it. <laughs> but I think I think definitely
1: Cam and –
2: I mean, outside of the Phoenix game, his last three games were very, very good.
1: He stopped um, getting a sign for the G League. Uh, I saw Cody tweet. So that's kind of an yeah. interesting note.
2: Yeah, they only yeah, sent De'Aaron back down, and they kept Cam up. So that's, that's a positive sign, at least for Cam personally, to where Steve Nash maybe thinks he's a full-time rotational player here. So – I guess that's something that we'll that will still have to keep our eye on. I think with Joe Harris coming back, he Cam definitely they dip into uh, hopefully they dip into all of Carter's minutes and just give him to cam.
1: You think we see Joe this week or next week? I think he's uh, still a week. I think he's still a week or a week and a half out. I agree with Joe.
0: I saw himself on Twitter from I think it was Alex, yeah. I they said like that Yeah, go ahead. You go, Joe. Joe, you could go. Didn't they say, like, he's like he's not in a boot, but, like, he can't really move it well?
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, so,
0: so yeah. yeah, he's not in a boot, and they were wondering why he's not really participating in basketball activities yet if he's not in a boot. It's kind of a weird situation is what they were saying, but they were saying that they think he's still at least a week away. Yeah. So... What's and with that and
2: this and no hold on with knowing the nets like he's definitely I could see him being out another two weeks <laughs> just because like I mean if he's another week out I could see them still holding him out for an additional two games just to make sure he's right. Steve Nash mm-hmm. and his ramp ups are no joke. So
0: I was gonna say if he hasn't started doing basketball <laughs> activities yet, you got to throw in a four month ramp up. We'll be lucky he's <laughs> back for the second round of the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, no, I think they're going to be cautious. That's just what the Nets do. Look at Claxton. He's just been conditioning. He's not even hurt. He's just been conditioning for what feels like three years, and he still hasn't come back. So It's been a while. uh,
2: Claxton will condition for three months to play two games and then condition for another three months.
0: (laughs) Claxton will condition three months, play two games, look really well, and then get traded for Miles (laughs) Turner or something like that. I'll take that. (laughs) But all right, guys, let's jump into the games this upcoming week. So, the Nets play three games this week. Tuesday is against that other team from New York in Brooklyn. Um, that other team is a very average basketball team. They're 11 and 9 on the year, they're 5 and 5 in their last 10. Um, So, I mean, any game against that team, whether it's in Brooklyn or Madison Square Garden, it's going to be a fun atmosphere. It's a fun game. It's kind of like a little city rivalry. Um, So, I'm really looking forward to that game. And then Friday, we got the Timberwolves in Brooklyn. Um, D'Angelo Russell makes his return. He's been absolutely balling. The Wolves are scorching hot,
1: D'Lo. Is this first game playing, though? Wasn't he injured last time? Uh,
2: I believe we were supposed to play him when they, the Warriors were coming to town and they traded him like two games before. So he hasn't played in Brooklyn
1: yet, right? I don't think so. Interesting. Like, just, it's interesting. Yeah, just it's been so long, it's like a while to like not see him. I know. Yeah.
2: And then he's and then he's been hurt like a lot. So, right. I mean,
1: again, I, I'm happy to see him healthy and or he's a tribute good. video too, though. I guess, yeah, he, he probably will. We got a Spencer one before we got a D Low one. <laughs>
0: So they're gonna tribute videos to everyone else. Freaking Patrick. Alex Alex Caruso got no, no, no. I'm saying, like, if (laughs) uh, Patrick Beverly and Alex Caruso are getting one, D Lo definitely better get one.
1: The Hawks are very good at TLC one. Stop it. Just stop it.
2: Did you see what they said about Patrick Beverly's uh, tribute video? There wasn't even like a basketball highlight in it. It was all just like <laughs> him, like it was him, like hugging people, like hugging his teammates and giving high fives and stuff. It was so funny, running around the court
0: screaming. That like <laughs> yeah. <Beverly>. That's pretty <laughs> much all he does. But Bulls <laughs> are is- no joke. They used to be kind of like the laughing stock of the league, but they're seven and three in their last ten with D'Lo Towns and Anthony Anthony Edwards there. They're, they're
2: definitely league, not a team to take, likely. That's a team
0: should I should be see taking an L2, I'm not gonna lie. Up and coming team. And then, unfortunately, on Saturday, we have a back to back against the Bulls, who are 13 and 8. They're 5 uh, 5 in their last 10. They're part of that huge jumble in the East between 2 and 6. Um, one quick thing on the Bulls on Saturday night, I was watching nba tv and they did a quick little jump in on Bulls heat and the miami heat in the fourth quarter threw a very aggressive three two zone at the Bulls, and it worked wonders for some reason they weren't attacking by the middle of the floor they were just pulling up from threes from like five feet behind the three-point line <clears throat> zach levine um <laughs> so I, I I hope Steve Nash throws that at them randomly throughout the game, but I don't know. What Steve Nash? So who knows what they'll do? That's what I was.
2: That's what I was gonna say. Steve Nash doesn't doesn't probably doesn't understand how to teach his guys run the three two zone.
0: <laughs> it, it was like that's a very Nash aggressive <laughs> three two, kind of like extended. I, bro, yeah. I need to get have the scouting report. It's all I can tell
1: from this, but <laughs> this,
0: is
1: an, this is gonna be. An, has potential to be an ugly week I'm not gonna lie it's that, like yeah it it can be really bad because obviously if you lose Tuesday like you're gonna hear that like all the chirping and stuff, but then Friday Saturday, I don't know if they're how they're gonna stagger the back to back rest because you already know they're not going to play the full group both nights, and it sucks that they're both against pretty good teams. It's not like you have like in Orlando where you can kind of like bench a KD. I expect i think if like depending how the week goes, I think Katie may play both of these just because they're like. Big games and like they kind of need them, but I can definitely see them staggering Aldridge. I would say Blake too, but he's not really in the rotation to rest. So that's not really. Like... <laughs> well,
0: well.
2: Speak, <laughs> Blake, speaking speak of Blake and Lamarcus, I think I think they're gonna run um, Aldridge on on the first game of the back to back, and Blake is gonna play the second game. Just because I feel I feel like Blake against Vucevic, and then uh, Aldridge against Cat is probably the better matchup wise, but I, I, I don't know. I feel, I feel like that might be something that they do, but you think I, plays I, I'm, both? I'm, uh, I don't think so. Uh, I feel like one of them, like, I feel like Aldridge is going to have to rest one of them.
1: No KD. I'm sorry. Uh,
2: KD. I think, like you said, I think it's based on what happens Tuesday, but overall, I, I envision
0: us, <laughs> I hate to say it. I think we're going one and two this week. <laughs> Yikes. That was going to be my next question. What's your record prediction before uh, prediction? Before I give mine, I just want to say I don't really think the Nets have been too cautious at all this year on the minutes and playing back-to-backs. So I would pretty much be pretty shocked if the Nets rest too many players between Friday and Saturday, especially because they only play three games this week. They kind of have two games off before and then they're off Sunday. I don't know if they play the following Monday off the top of my head. I don't know if anyone has a schedule in front of them.
1: Yeah, uh, they have one game in a six day span, you think about it. Because between Sunday and you no know, five, four days like you know what I'm saying, like between Sunday and um Thursday, one game. So right. not bad. Like, so not after
2: bad. after Saturday, we don't play again until Tuesday.
0: Yeah, so I wouldn't be surprised if they play both ends of the back to back because they're going to have two games off on each side of it. So makes sense, yeah. it, w- it wouldn't surprise me. Um, so Joe is predicting a one and two week. That's very far from your just win of
1: last week. Anthony, hey, what are you like I, said, I,
2: like,
0: I like to be blunt about it. I like to be, blunt.
2: I'm going to be honest.
1: Uh, I'm going to say we go, unfortunately, go with one and two also. I think. Oh boy! I think, I think we're gonna only win our game this week against the Timberwolves. I think we're gonna lose to the Knicks and Bulls.
2: Oh, geez. yeah. Anthony's I mean, I, me- I, think, I think we're gonna handle the Knicks. I don't know about uh. I think the back-to-back is where we're gonna see the struggle.
0: Anthony's got me getting bing-bonged by a Knicks fan all <laughs> Tuesday night and Wednesday. I mean, bro, like I, I. And well known for going back and forth with Nick Sands, just as fun. Like I think it's enjoyable to mess with them. They get all yeah. butthurt. Yeah. But I don't want to get big bogged. Like I don't want that.
1: <laughs> we swept them last year, so I feel like we're due for a loss. I don't know why. I just I just feel it. Not because like there's any like glaring reason why. They're actually very injured right now. I think last game yesterday they didn't have Kemba Walker, Derrick Rose, Nerwin Dewell Taj Gibson. They kind of were down like right. two point guards. Two. Yes, they, right. didn't,
2: they didn't have the prime the the prime 2010 Bulls.
1: Well, quick, yeah, quickly was playing really well. He's been playing good great, great for them. And Toplin's actually been pretty good, too. So, I, yeah, I, I'm so good for those guys.
0: I'm predicting two and one. It's not very often that I'm the most optimistic amongst <laughs> the three of us. That doesn't usually happen. So, this is I kind just of weird. I'm not used up. to it. I, I wanted <laughs> to go three and oh, because you guys are saying one and two. I had to balance it out. But I'm going to be realistic. I'll stick with two and one. I think you're going to blow out the Knicks. Absolute Oof. blowout. Going to destroy him. Big bounce back. I think Harden's going to drop 40 points. We call oh, that right man. now. 40 game for Harden. And then I think I won't pick which game, but we're going to go one and one in that back-to-back. I won't pick which one we're going to win, which one we're going to lose. I'm just going to cover myself with a one and one in the back-to-back.
2: So for, for Harden's 40-point game, is he shooting, what, 13 for 48? No, or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's 35 free 20. throws.
0: He's, I mean, yeah, 35 free throws. 20. 20 free throws. Yeah, (laughs) he's he's gonna get that step back three working. You'll see. You'll see. See, I bash Harden so much earlier that I gotta kind of even it out now. You know, get the good mojo at the end of the pod. Hopefully, people listen this far and hear this far, and they're not saying, "Oh God, Cody's a James Harden hater." Let's not listen (laughs) to them anymore.
2: (laughs) They're gonna, they're gonna turn it off
0: after the Harden slander, (laughs) bro. Honestly, probably. Anything else you guys want to touch on before we finish up
1: here? Uh, I think you did a solid job, like, kind of touching everything.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think
2: the only thing I wanted to say is I kind of wanted to introduce something new to the pod, if you would have my attention, Anthony. That's good. I think, <laughs> I think if people are listening this far, they might as well leave us a review. And then once they do that, we'll read one out at the end of each
0: pod.
1: That's pretty dope. I'm down for that.
0: I agree. And also, if you ever have any questions you want us to ever answer regarding anything, Mets, NBA, basketball, your life, just drop it on one of our Twitters and I'd be, we'll, we'd be more than happy to talk about it. Exactly. Yep, tag us,
2: DM us. Our DMs are always open. And also, obviously, like I said, leave the review. Help. It would help out the pod a lot. We'd love to hear from you guys and we would love to interact with you guys. So that's that's yes, all I got.
0: Sir. So going on to that, thank you guys for tuning into the Sports Ethos Nets podcast. Like Joe said, if you like what you heard, want to give us some suggestions, uh, subscribe subscribe to our channel, leave a review, tweet at us. You can find our uh, Sports Ethos account at Ethos Nets. You can find me at Real Cody Mallory, uh, Anthony underscore Dipmar, and Swamp Dragon Stan. And as always, let's go Nets.